Are you washed in the blood of a lamb? Are you daily walking in the Savior's love? Are you washed in the blood of a lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of a lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of a lamb? Aren't you glad this morning that you are redeemed by blood divine? Glory, glory, Christ is mine. What a joy to be a part of the family. What a joy to be involved in corporate worship and all that God is saying and all that God has doing. It has been a crazy week. Things have been crazy. And I don't know if they're going to calm down very soon or not. Uh, this is a very good time to be in prayer for your nation, for your, for your nation. If my people, which are called by my name, shall pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Our land really needs to be healed. And there's some things happening right now in, in underneath, the, underneath everything that's going on. There's a plan to try to destroy this country and destroy what this country believes in and stands for. And they're your rights, and you have the right to pray about it. And you have the right to demand. Amen. As a human being, you have the right to demand what God has provided for you. Never before in the history of the world has it been quite like it is right now. So many hidden agendas, secret plots, diabolical plans, and that's exactly the way the enemy works in the last days. Daniel said he will wear out the saints of the Most High God, and he will bring great blasphemy against the kingdom of God, the name of God, and we certainly see that happening right now. We pray for our nation. This is a good land. This is a good place. Uh, if you don't think it is, go spend three weeks in Haiti. Let's go with, go with me to North Africa for a week. Uh, let's go to, I started to say the Dominican Republic, but they're actually uh, doing pretty well, but it's a joy to be in America. It's, it's a joy to, aren't you glad that you were born here, and this is your heritage, and this is your legacy, and this land is worth praying for. It's worth praying for. Welcome home, Josh. We have missed you. We're glad that you're here this morning. And ladies and gentlemen, Tanner was back on the drums. Hello. Our drummer was back on the drums, and Josh is back at his place, and everybody's where they need to be. And what a great, what a great season this morning of worship and praise. We have built some clouds. We've offered up vapors of praise, and God's allowing the clouds to begin to fill with water. And today I believe God will open those windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing to the extent that he gives us so much that we have to give it away. That's my prayer for you this morning. You get so much today, you can't use it all, you can't share it all, you can't spend it all. You have to give it away. And you have that ability to give it, to transfer it, to, to bless other people with your blessing. And we thank the Lord for that. If you brought your Bible with you this morning... I would like for you to go with me to Psalm, the 118th chapter. We'll be sharing a very familiar passage of Scripture, a passage of Scripture that is shared several times a month uh, from this podium, a passage of Scripture that I begin every single day with. I begin every single day. There are two things that I do every single morning. I quote this scripture, and I pray the Lord's Prayer. Yes. And before I leave the house, before I leave my place of worship, my place of being alone with God, I pray those two things. And we're going to look at one of those today 
in detail. My thought this morning or the, the truth that I want to share with you is simply how to live in the now. How to live in the now. Al and I met some interesting people yesterday and uh, we got a chance to witness to them, to minister to them, uh, living a very uh, unusual lifestyle, but it didn't matter. God opened the door. If Al and I are around and there's people, we're going to talk to them. Right. And we had the chance to tell these, uh, this couple that uh, our church was not really a church based upon theology. We believe everything the Bible says, everything, without exception. We don't edit. We don't, we don't re retranslate. We believe the Bible just the way that King James translated in 1865, but, or 1765. But there's something about this church that I like. This is a how-to church. How to be a better husband, how to be a better wife, how to be a better Christian, how to be a better employee, how to be a better person. And this morning I want to share with you how to live in the now. To live in the now is to be fully aware of your surroundings and everybody that you are with, to be fully active in the present, not dwelling on the past or focused on the future. Living in the now gives us the ability to break the habits of worry and anxiety and depression. Can anybody relate? I'm here to tell you this morning, you can be free. You can have a full, healthy life if you live in the now. Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord hath made. I rejoice and be glad in it. We sometimes have turned it around to say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I choose not to mess it up. But this is the day the Lord hath made. I choose to rejoice in it. I choose to rejoice and be glad. That word glad is also translated thanksgiving. Ephesians 4 and 24 tells us, in everything give thanks for this is the will of the Father concerning you. Uh, I don't do things for appreciation, but it's nice every once in a while yeah. when someone says thank you. Sure. There's just something about that. And I don't know if, if you've been around me very long, but you know that I will respond with your thank you. I simply respond, thanks for saying thank you. Right. It's, you feel appreciated when someone appreciates what you do and they thank what you do. And the Bible says, focus on the fact that this is the day that God has given you and you choose to rejoice, and you choose to find things in your life to be thankful for. As we shared a couple of weeks ago with someone that's turning their life around and, and getting back to focus and getting back planted where they need to be and growing in the Lord, there was a little frustration of where they were at that particular time in their season, the finances, and some of the things going on. And I said, well, let's not focus right now just on the finances and the things that are troubling you. Let's focus on the things of where you are right now, what you're doing right now, what you're accomplishing right now. Yeah. You've got a job. You're healthy. You're not in jail. You're not in prison. You're not in the hospital. Come you're on. not on the street. You're, right. you're healthy. You're, you're, you're making right decisions. You've got your own place. You're getting ready to get a car. Get ready to get everything in order. So be thankful for where God has brought you from to where you are today. This is a good place that you're at this morning. You're not sick with COVID. You're not in jail. You're not in the hospital. You chose this morning to come to the house of God, not for what you could get, but what you could give. 
What can I add to this service this morning? How can my praise and worship change destinies? How, how can my involvement, how my, my giving and tithe and offering, how can I bless people later on in the week? What can I give this morning, not based upon what can I get? One of the favorite presidents said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. What can I do for the kingdom of heaven? What can I do for the kingdom of God? How can my life today somehow reflect Jesus, his love, and how can I bless somebody else in life? Do you have a friend in the house? This is the day. Declare that with me. This is the day, right now, at this very moment, that the Lord hath made. And I choose to rejoice. I'm not sick. I'm not dying. I'm not in jail. I'm not in the hospital. I'm not in Haiti. I'm alive. I'm well. I'm enjoying the blessings of the Lord right now. He woke me up this morning, started me on my way, is singing over me, is letting light shine on my path. It's clearly marked, and I will pursue it with all my mind, my heart, my soul, and my strength. Every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. 24 hours, 1,044 minutes, 86,400 seconds, a moment with God. There's 86,000 seconds in the day. Each one of those can be a moment that God breathes on, that God touches. When you think about that, the promises of God are yea and amen through Christ Jesus. God has all this day, all those hours, all those minutes, all those seconds to speak into us and to bless us. I am a candidate for the blessing of the Lord. I am in favor of God doing all he wants to do because I want to be all God wants me to be so I can be what God wants me to be and I can bless somebody else. I give, I receive, I give away. Is that your attitude this morning? I'm, I'm going to give away something today to touch somebody else. The, the song says, to be his hand extended, reaching out to the oppressed. Let me touch him. Let me touch Jesus so that others may know that I've touched him and be blessed. So something should happen when you have an encounter with God. It should change everything around you, and it gives you the ability to enjoy the day. God is such a unique God. And we focus on seven days in creation. One day was the sun, the moon, the stars. One day was the oceans, the mountains, and the forests. One day it was the plants and the animals. On the sixth day, it was mankind. Every single day of creation was unique. Every single day of creation was special. Every single day, God did something different, and that's the God that we serve. He's not a God that's boring. He's not a God that's lifeless. He's a God that's full of energy. He has desires and plans for your life, and he wants to bless you. I realized this morning that every morning when I wake up, almost without exception, I ask my wife, what can I do today to take pressure off of you? Every once in a while, she'll give me a list. Sometimes it's two or three things. I usually forget and do it the next day. But that's the way I start my day. What can I do for you? Am I telling the truth? What, please don't say no right now. This is not be a good. We're in agreement here. Every day I ask her, what can I do? Or I try to every day. What can I do today to take pressure off of you to make things easier for you today? Every morning when you wake up, you should ask God, God, what do you want to accomplish today? What do you want to do today? You want to go jet skiing? You want to go bass fishing? 
You want to clean out the trunk of the Camry? I mean, that's God, that's going to be an all-day job. What do you want to accomplish? And then I change it and say, through me. What do you want to accomplish through me? Who are you going to bring into my life today? Let my eyes be open. Let, not, let me not be focused on my stuff or my challenges or, 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 or my goals, but let me be focused on the needs of others. And if, you're, if you pray that prayer, it's crazy how many people God will bring into your life, and it's, it's a divine connection, it's a divine moment. I remember almost every single time, without exception, I go to the car wash, we have three cars I try to take care of, and so I'm usually at the car wash once a week or once every two weeks, and I go in there purposely knowing I'm going to sit down next to somebody, God's going to open the door, and I'm going to be able to share something with them to make their day a little better. Yesterday at the pool, I said, God, just send, just send somebody that we can bless, some, somebody we can speak into. And we got to present the entire gospel yesterday. We talked about some, some things that were going on. We talked about and come to find out the, the very church that I had preached a revival in Cartersville 30 years ago. The guy was probably there in that particular church. It's a crazy world. It's a, it's a, small, it's a small world. It's a world that we are connected to things that we can make a difference in somebody else's life. To live in the now, to operate in the now, you have to get free of two things. Your past can disqualify you, can steal the joys of today, can frustrate you, can worry you, can intimidate you, can put you through trepidation or the future. Always worrying about tomorrow. Always focus on tomorrow. Overwhelmed by the things that we're going to encounter tomorrow. And 40% of the things we worry about never even come to focus. We never have to worry about them. It's, it's crazy. And you've heard me say it a million times. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it accomplishes absolutely nothing. One of the leading doctors at the Mayo Clinic said that 40% of his patients were there because of worry or stress. That worry or stress causes heart challenges. It causes equilibrium challenges. It causes challenges in your body. And one of the main aspects of the Mayo Clinic is to try to encourage you to try to build you up, try to build your spirit up, try to build your inner being up so you can apply that to getting better quicker. Look at somebody saying right living, you get, you get better quicker. I'd like that quicker picker up or I want to get better quicker can anybody I want to use the brand that gets it picked up quicker anything else can anybody relate so as we look at the snares of yesterday and we're talking about now right now is the time now is the time I focus on Matthew 3 and 10 where Jesus said now the axe is laid to the root that means that right now you take the things of yesterday that have hindered you that have disqualified you that have irritated you, that have frustrated you, you take that act and you cut that root and you remove that bondage of yesterday. Yes. When I was 16 years old, if you will, real quick, just point your hands this way. Skylar, can we pray for you? Can everybody point their hands at you and pray for you? Let, let Papa pray for you, okay? Help me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you to touch this finger. We ask you to touch these bones. We ask that you would give doctors wisdom how, how to set the bones correctly. We pray that there wouldn't be any pain, there wouldn't be any fear, and that Scott will be able to go to school tomorrow just as she planned. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation.
she's headed to Children's Hospital in Chattanooga, so please remember her in prayer as she, as she goes. Every Wednesday night, we focus on hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And most of those things come from bad decisions of the past. I've had two this week stop me and tell me, said, pray for me. I'm really wanting to quit smoking. And one of them told me that he was spending 60 to $70 a week on cigarettes. And I guess if you buy the Marlboro, not the generic brand, seven or eight packs is, is, is that much every week. Well, I multiplied that times four, and I found a car payment. And I multiplied times 12, and I found a deposit on a house. It's amazing some of the things in your life that are draining you, that are robbing you, that are stealing from you. I had a friend one time, I was on a date, she said, have you ever kissed an ashtray? I said, no. She said, well, that's what it tastes like every time I kiss you. She didn't, we didn't keep her around long. We sent her on down the road. But I remember uh, 16 years of age, I, I worked as a man. I could use a skill, so I was 13. My dad built a church when I was very young. I worked every single Saturday at the church building and framing. And I worked for a guy, uh, his name was Brother Isaacs. And Brother Isaacs would cut down trees. He would cut down any tree, any size, any shape. Palm trees, a lot of palm trees in California. And I remember not once, not twice, but three times, I remember that we would dig away from the stump and we would hack and we would whack and we would, we would ax and we would shovel and we would try to expose the roots so we get the chainsaw. And after about four or five hours of hacking and whacking, Brother Isaac said, hey, tie this chain around this stump, chain, chain it to the bumper, put the truck in low, and hit it. And not once, not twice, not three times, but I can remember hitting it so hard the chain broke, came all the way over the, the hood of the truck, and broke the windshield. Wow. He didn't care. He just wanted the stump removed. And sometimes the things in the past, it's going to take a little, it's going to take a little effort. It's going to take a little, a little stability, a little stamina. You're going to have to stand your ground. You say, well, I'm going to quit smoking, then back off. You don't have to quit tomorrow. Just smoke 10 tomorrow instead of 30. And that's the start. Get a plan. Get focused on how can I lay this down and buy another car or buy a house. Is that not good counsel this morning to take that money that's going up in smoke, literally, and turn it around and buy it. And wouldn't it be nice if a year from now you could put money down on a house because you quit smoking? So sometimes it's the little things that try to, try to hurt us and afflict us. Philippians 3 and 13 says, Forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth, I press towards the mark of the things which are before. I forget the things of yesterday, and I focus on the promises of God today. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now, right now. Let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Though they be as crimson, they shall be as snow. If you be willing, this is Isaiah 1 and 19. If you be willing, ye shall eat of the good of the land. If you be willing and if you be obedient. There's two things there. You've got to have a desire to pursue the things of God. And then you've got to follow the counsel of the word of God gives you to pursue the things of God. Do I have a friend in the house this morning? Yesterday was a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note, but today we're living on accounts receivable. 
what I have right now in my hand right now is what I'm going to use to change my day, to change my week, to change my year, to change my future. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. But I like where I'm at right now. I like what God has brought. I love my family. I love my church. I, I love my job. I, I love being a landlord. I just Everything right now in my life, I'm happy with. I'm pleased with. Well, if he had more, would it make it better? Probably not, because I am content with what God has brought into my life now. And right now, I just want to take a moment and not worry about tomorrow or fret about what I didn't do yesterday. And I want to enjoy the moment. Look at somebody and say, enjoy the moment. Yesterday can cause us grief, feeling of sadness, loss. I know what it's like to be divorced. I know the horror of that grief. The death of a loved one, I know that feeling. Lose a job, lose a car, loss of a friend, a relationship that's been broken. Linda Ronstadt said, I'm going to lay my head on the railroad track. That's what her past motivated her to do. But I choose not to allow the events of yesterday to change my tomorrow or mess with my today. This is the day the Lord hath made. Sometimes we live our life, well, I wish I could get it all back. Or I wish it was like it used to be. That song says, I tell it like it used to be. I don't remember what country western singing that was. But I tell it like it used to be when you were still here with me. Can anybody relate to that? And sometimes we spend all of our energy worried about yesterday, the things we lost yesterday, and it messes up the, t the today that God has given us. And let me tell you about today. We are in a pandemic. There will, they, they will find a cure. It will happen. It may not happen this month, but it's going to happen. But every day our life has been changed. Right now there's a big debate on the mask. Right now there's a big debate on wearing gloves. There's a big debate on this, on that. They're saying that the number of deaths, 160,000, will double by November. That's 300,000 people. That's three cities the size of Cleveland that's going to die because of this pandemic. We're worried about what we touch. We're worried about who we let get in our space. We worry about, we worry about being, being, being susceptible to that sickness or disease because we're 65 or older. That's where we're at right now. This is a, this is a pandemic. We're in a season of stress. There are some that have lost their jobs. There are some that have shut their businesses down. They're not going to reopen. And then we see what's happening in our major cities. The, the riots are taking place, the civil unrest, all the things that are taking place, all the things that are going on. I mean, our world right now is in a mess. We saw what happened in Beirut. We saw what happened in Jerusalem. We see what's taking place, the, the violence and the anger and the frustration. People looking for some answers. But I'm telling you, that answer does not come in a riot. It doesn't come in a rebellion. It doesn't come in a bottle. It doesn't come in a drug. It comes in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lived a sinless life, died a spotless death, had a glorious resurrection, and is here every day to make our day better. Yeah. Amen. Go ahead. Barbara Streisand sings that song, The Way We Were. I never was a Barbara Streisand fan. I always thought her nose didn't fit her body. But who am I to be judgmental or critical? That's just an observation for those of you that are interested. But I want to tell you about the story of Samuel. Samuel heard the voice of the Lord at a very early age. Samuel was a miracle baby. Hannah could not have children. She couldn't have children. God had shut her womb so that Hannah would pray a specific prayer. Hannah prayed, God, if you give me a child, 
I'll give it to you. So her, God shedding her womb motivated her to pray that prayer. God gave her Samuel. She gave Samuel to Eli, the high priest. Samuel was raised up as a prophet, as a high priest of God. Hannah went to have five more children. God opened her womb. She had five more children. But Samuel belonged to God. God told Samuel to pick Saul out of a crowd. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was picked because of his physical being. Samuel anointed him king. He went to be king. He did some dumb things. He started operating in rebellion. He, did, he ignored the things of God. And God told Samuel, said, I'm, remo I'm removing my presence from him. I'm removing my anointing from him. My hand is no longer upon him. I'm going to let him do as he chooses. Samuel got depressed. That was Samuel's protege. That was Samuel's Timothy. That was the one that Samuel had mentored. And he got, so, he got so depressed and got so frustrated, he stopped operating as a prophet. God visits Samuel in 1 Samuel 16 and 1 and says this, How long will you mourn the loss of Saul? How long will you mourn the loss of Saul? It's up to us. We choose how long we mourn. I went through my own mourning with Angel. But the Lord did something for me. The Lord said, every time you see Bailey and Skyler, you see Angel. That was God helping me deal with my grief. I made up my mind I wasn't going to grieve anymore. Do I still cry? Absolutely. Do I miss him? Absolutely. But I don't let it disqualify me, and I don't let it depress me. I don't let it stop me from being what God has called me to be as a father to Michael and Courtney. I love them. God, they're there in my life. I thank God for all of that. Do I miss Angel? Absolutely. Will I be reconnected? Absolutely. There's a day coming when the dead in Christ are going to rise. Angel's going to get about six-foot head start, and then he's going to take as many with him as he can, one in each arm, if I know, if I know Angel. But I had to make a decision, and God told Samuel, how long will you halt between this grief over Saul? He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill your horn with oil, and I want you to go someplace I'm sending you. The word horn in the Hebrew is strength. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. And here's what God said, I'm going to strengthen you with the power of the Holy Ghost because Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I feel people will do all kinds of things to get a buzz. People will do all kinds of things to get high. People will do stupid things like smoke brake cleaner and fertilizer. It was the stupidest thing I ever saw. But there's no high like the Holy Ghost high. There's no high when you're walking in the purpose and plan of God and the Holy Spirit is, de is delegating and, and designating your steps that you're ordered by God. There's, no, there's nothing like that. And that's why he said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Joel 2 said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We've been talking about dreams and vision. We've been talking about our, our young men and young women prophesying and declaring the word of God. I believe we're in that season right now where God wants to pour out a fresh anointing, a fresh harvest, or a, a revival that will literally touch the world. There are hundreds right now meeting, uh, and actually it's almost up to thousands, in Huntington Beach, they're meeting at the pier and having church. They said it's unlike anything they've ever experienced. Hundreds of kids coming, worshiping on the beach, praising and worshiping. You know why? Because they were told they couldn't have church in Huntington Beach, so they took the church to the beach, and there's a great revival taking place. Oh, that that hunger would creep into every city. Oh, that hunger would creep into every house. We ask the God of revival today to bring revival. Oh, that we would be involved in a full-fledged revival brought on by the Holy Spirit. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hebrews 11 and 1 says that 
now faith, right now faith, is the substance of things hoped for. We're told in Romans 12 and 13 that every man has been given a measure of faith. What is that measure? Matthew 17 and 13 said it is as, the, it is as a seed, a mustard seed of faith. But with just that little mustard seed of faith, the Bible says that we can move mountains. That's scary. Just You don't have to have a lot of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It doesn't take a whole cup of faith. It just takes a seed of faith for you to actually believe what the Word of God says and know that it applies to you. And you begin to declare it, speak it, and believe it. Oh, I wish I had a friend in the house today. Grief can bring sorrow and depression. But Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Then Jesus begins to talk about the future. You start focusing on tomorrow. You start focusing on the events in the future. And what the Lord, what the Lord is saying is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough troubles of its own. In other words, there's a lot of stuff going on today that I need to deal with. If I'm distracted from dealing with what's going on today because I'm focused on tomorrow, I double lose. I don't get things accomplished. I waste time. And when I go tomorrow, the things are there that I worried about yesterday. Do I have a friend in the house? I'm tired of saying shoulda, coulda, woulda. I'm tired of feeling like that I, I've, I've, I've missed something that God has for me because of worry, the missed opportunity. I remember several years ago, it would have been 30 one years ago, uh, we had the uh, opportunity to buy this lamb. And we paid 25000 an acre for this lamb. I could have bought eight acres next door with the Department of Vehicles for 25000 but we decided that we had 16 and a half acres. That was enough to do what God wanted us to do today. That acre is worth over $250,000. I could have got it 30 years ago for $25,000. My home that I purchased 32 years ago for $60,000 is now worth $180,000, $200,000. I look at some of the houses that I could have bought, that I could have been involved in, that I could have been a landlord over. And do I regret that? Yes. But I don't let it worry me. Right. I don't let it frustrate me because there'll be other opportunities that God will bring into my life if I'm faithful and I'm consistent. I have learned that life is going to do what life is going to do. And Jesus said, you make all these plans for tomorrow. I'm going to go spend a year here and work and make money. He said, you don't know what tomorrow brings. Here's how you pray. If it be your will, let me sow in this. Let me invest in this. Let me plan in this. Let me focus on this. If it be your will. If it's not your will, withdraw that desire. Withdraw that focus and put something else in my life that I am to attain. God does not want us spinning our wheels, wasting our time, but he wants us fruitful. He wants us effective. He wants us used for the kingdom of God. It's okay to plan. Don't get me wrong. Every day, Pastor Ron makes a list, and there's usually anywhere from 8 to 13 things on there. I never look at that list because I'm afraid I might be, feel guilty and take on a thing or two of that list. If she wouldn't be that list, she would have told me earlier that morning. But every, every day she makes a list, and then at night she crosses off the list and things she doesn't get done, she puts it on tomorrow's list. There's nothing wrong with planning. Todd and Missy uh, Courtney, 
Christine get ready to go online, get ready to further their education for more opportunities to do better in life. There's nothing wrong with those plans, but don't focus on the things of tomorrow when you've got all things going on today that you can be involved in the kingdom of God. Again, life is going to do what it's going to do. Well, I can't even read my own writing. Oh, here we go. Focus on today's opportunities. Focus on today's blessings. Focus on today's favor. Focus on today's possibilities. Focus on today's privileges. Focus on today's hope. James 4 and 13, James begins to talk about your life and how you can add your statue. You can't add your statue. You can't add to this. You can't add to that. And here's what James says. Your life is but a vapor. Here for a moment and then gone forever. So in that moment when your life is a vapor, take the most out of that you can. Use that to your greatest possibilities, your greatest future, your greatest plans that you're having in the kingdom. Break free out of yesterday, break free out of tomorrow, and live for today. Live in the now. Live in the joy of today. Live in the power of today. Live in the energy of today. Live in the surge of today. Enjoy this day. Appreciate this day. Do something today that's a blessing for someone else. I have learned that yesterday or tomorrow will exhaust me. But when I think this is the day the Lord hath made, I'm going to get something done. I don't get as exhausted. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a dream? They asked a seminar, uh, several hundred students at this seminar, the question was, do you have a dream? Every single student had a dream. The second question was, what are you doing to pursue your dream? Only 10% of the students had a plan. Everyone else had a dream, but they, 90% of them were not doing anything to pursue those dreams. On more than one occasion, Donnie has come to me and says, Pastor, this might sound crazy, but I'm going back to school. And I went back to school one time because we needed someone to repair all the chainsaws that I was breaking and all the weed eaters that were getting messed up and the lawnmowers that wouldn't work, yada, yada, yada. So Donnie takes a class just on small engine repair. Now, I haven't yet been able to get him to replace it, fix the engines, but he knows how. So I'll hit him on a weak moment and have him repair the chainsaw. Why? Because he desired to do something different. He desired to do something more. And that's why Missy and Todd are, are, are pursuing their, their, their education. Courtney is pursuing her degree. Soon, uh, Christine and Bailey, right? We have plans to go on, kind of, sort of, thinking about it, not yet. Christine got some plans. Christine going to Liberty University, if everything works out okay. They want to better themselves so they can better someone else. Say that. God betters me, God betters me. so I can better someone else. Say this. I want to be all God wants me to be. So I can be to someone else all God wants me to be. How crazy is that? That you could be a light in a dark place. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. We know the scriptures. Good plans. Plans that give us an expected end. Okay, if God has plans for us, then what are they? Did you ever think about asking him? Hey, God, what's your plans for me? What? what What's the areas you'd really like me to go and focus on, educate? What's the things you'd like me involved in? And I promise you, with an open mind, if you speak those things or think those things, he will give you answers. 
And the first answer he will give you, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you get right with God, you'll get right with your destiny. If you get right with God, you'll get right with your purpose. If you get right with God, you'll have plans, you'll have an expected end, you'll have a future that God has promised to be no ill, no hurt, only blessing. That's the way that God rules. Get right with God. Joshua 24 and 15, Jeremiah lined him up and said, Choose you this day, today, right now, who you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Matthew 6 and 11, Jesus said, When you pray, pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Now listen, I understand about refrigerators. I understand about deep freezers. I'm not saying not to stock a refrigerator. I'm not saying any of that. That's not what I'm saying. But make some plans today that will better yourself for tomorrow. Is that good teaching or not? Amen. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 says, Now, right now, is acceptable time of salvation. Amen. Hebrews 3 and 13, let us encourage each other, watch this, daily. Yes. Let us encourage each other daily. And I have a segment of my day where I just get on the phone and call people and encourage them. That's all I do. How you doing? Good. I'm, I don't talk long. They want to talk, I talk. But they're, if they're short and abrupt like me, then I'm short and abrupt and hang up. But I take a moment of my day and say, okay, so-and-so's going through this. She's going through this. He's here. They're over here. What happened yesterday? Pastor David's sick. What can we do? What can we... And so when you spend a part of your day trying to encourage somebody else, the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 5, today is the day if you harden not your heart. Today is the day God wants to move. God wants to bless but you've got to be open to them. You've got to be, what's that song that says, Dallas Home, Jesus, I'm an open book. Come and fill every page of my life. Let God have access to your future. Let God have access to your day and see if he can change it. Are you stuck in the past? I don't know who said I'd tell it like it used to be. I'll find out. But interesting. Some of us are caught. Who was it? Billy Joel? Him too. Some of us are caught in the worry about tomorrow. But Hebrews 13 and 7 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he's involved in today, he's involved in yesterday, and he will be involved in every single day of our life. In 1980, the American hockey team won the gold. It was an incredible accomplishment because all of the hockey players were collegiate. They weren't pros. They were collegiate. And they took on some pretty serious teams. And they took on the Soviet Union, which at that time had the most powerful team in the world. The coach brought them in right before they played, and here's what he said. You are all players. You are here at the right moment. This is your time. They beat the Soviet Union, went on to play Finland, beat Finland, and won the gold. This is your day. This is your moment. You're at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. This is your time. Once or twice a year, just for the fun of it, just because it encourages me, I read a book by Dr. Seuss. He is a doctor, and I've learned from doctors. 
And he talks about the things that you'll accomplish, the things that you'll do. And he concludes with, and will you succeed? 99.9% you will indeed. This is your day. Be on your way. As every head is cloud, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, let's just agree. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. Let this day bring you honor. Let this day bring you blessing. Let this day bring you blessing. There are many here today that have walked away some from pretty, pretty heavy stuff that they've got to deal with. They need some decisions. They need some finances. They need some direction. The world has its way of solving problems, but we have our way of solving problems, and that is casting all our care upon you, for you care for us. Let us not get caught up in all the frustrations of life and all the decisions that need to be made in the next couple of days, but let us focus on you. Our hearts and our minds are on you. We seek you first. We seek your kingdom first, and we expect you because your word says to proclaim it. We expect you to follow up and give us direction, give us counsel, give us wisdom, and when we've done all that we are supposed to do, then you would intervene immediately and change things to the good. In Jesus' name, y'all said, amen. 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 We're going to have a good time Wednesday night. Are we going to be able to make ice cream yet, you think? Are we still kind of pondering? How many says ice cream? If Kelly Carson will peel me some peaches, I'll make some peach ice cream. And we'll figure out some way to keep it. We'll, like Todd, we'll dip every bowl personally. And that way, nobody's, that, that way everybody's safe, everybody's good. Um, I believe prayer can destroy the works of COVID. COVID is from the devil. It's of the devil. It's a spiritual battle. It's of the devil. And I believe that we can battle that demon through prayer. Take some time. Make a matter of prayer. Make it a matter of seeking the Lord. Let God give you direction. Let God give you energy. But this, this COVID thing has got to go away. It has to go away. And the churches, uh, we are agreeing. I believe today many of the churches in the city went back to having church. And we're glad for that. We appreciate that. Many churches did. We, we did take a six-week break. You remember that? And, uh, but we've been back eight weeks. And so we thank God, we thank God for answered prayer. I'm going to give you a chance to sow in the kingdom this morning. We know that we worship God in his tithe. Our offering, offering puts seed in the ground. It's above and beyond what we're required. We do have the goodness of our heart. We do it of the extra that God has provided us with. We do it with seed. We share Wednesday night a seed that we planted in the youth camp and how God just within two weeks after that seed, God turned it around and breathed on it and blessed it. And that's the way that he operates. I saw someone on Facebook this week post, I don't know if you saw it, but it said they went to church and the pastor told them to check their mailbox, expect a blessing. Well, there was a check in there from Good Housekeeping for 16 cents. And they, they posted that, and they said, I'm not going to let this discourage me. Pastor said to check the mailbox, and sure enough, there was an increase. Hey, it could have been $160. It could have been $0.16. Cents, $0.16. Cents, 16 cents. You never know what God is going to do with that. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May cause his face to shine upon you. May the light be a light in a dark place. May he bless everything you touch. May your words be appreciated and blessed by him. Special prayer this morning for Phil Driscoll. Got a call early this morning that he's sick, needs a touch from God. And one of my renters, Patrick Lindsay, has serious uh, fluid around his heart. Uh, had to spend two days in the hospital. He loves the Lord. He's been here. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a great renter. Remember him in prayer. And then the other request that Pastor Ron had made us aware. Hug it. Uh, give somebody a fist, an elbow, or an ankle. And we will see everybody Wednesday night.